Good to be in the house of the Lord on Tuesday night. How many of you were not here Sunday? That's why you're here. Okay. <laughs> Sunday was, uh, was um, I don't know how to put it into words. I've never done that on a Sunday before, what we did and what we talked about. But I do want to, I've had multiple people, multiple phone calls and texts throughout the body of people wanting to know, was I talking about them? <laughs> Is he talking about me? Pastor, was he talking about me? Pastor, was he talking about me? And the answer was yes. Yes, yes. I was talking actually about all of us, including myself. I am also the chief sinner sometimes when it comes to that of... Um, trying to just do business before someone gets up and preaches or teaches the word. And um, great intentions and all those things, but, uh, you know, I had to... What, what happens is, is if we continue those things to happen, if they continue, it gets systemic, in which it was becoming systemic. It was not just one, it was turning into something. And so I just felt like we needed to address it. Please, from now on, if I walk through the foyer on a Sunday morning, don't turn your back on me and don't try and engage me in a conversation. Amen. Does everybody understand? Amen. Sunday mornings and before Tuesdays are just not time to do really deep counseling. Amen. And can I just give you the best part? 99.9% of the time, whatever it is that you need, whatever you've come to church, if you come to church in need, you're going to get out of the service. I have seen God do more from the pulpit than a lifetime of psychiatry for a person because there's an anointing upon the preaching and teaching of the word. And the word is both quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. It's able to pierce and to divide. It's able to bring revelation. So a lot of times when people want counsel or they need help, really, you just, if you'll just go back and listen to a couple of the sermons... Amen. God is God. The Holy Spirit knows all of us. Amen. He's in touch with all of us. We're all, believe it or not, it's the Holy Spirit that connects us. We're all part of the same body. If one part of my body feels pain, my whole body feels pain. Amen. One part of my body can't be blessed and the other cursed. Amen. So we're all connected. And so we'll know when we're praying, when we're seeking God. On what does the body need, you play into part of that because God's telling us, hey, you know what? We need to do a little bit of correction here tonight. Or, hey, we need to be encouraged tonight. Amen? And I, I just felt this when I was over there praying in worship. How many of you have had a prophecy spoken over you and you have not had seen the fulfillment of that prophecy yet? Amen? Amen. I just felt like the Lord is saying, don't let it go. Amen. Don't let it go. Let me encourage you tonight. Amen? Paul told, told Timothy to stir up the gift of God that was in him. There was something that was put in Timothy by Paul through the laying on of hands. And Paul said, Timothy, don't Forget that. Don't neglect that thing that's been placed in front of you, that thing that's been placed inside of you. Don't neglect the gift that I've put inside of you. Stir it up. So let me ask you this. How do we stir up the gift of God that's in us? Do I just... 
you know, do I wind myself up really, really tight? Amen. I have to encourage. What, what did David do when everybody wanted to kill him? His own men wanted to kill him. Ziglag, the Philistines came, took all of the cattle, all the people, all of his wives. Ziglag and all the men were like, we're going to kill David. What did David do? David had nobody. David had to encourage himself. So David had a praise and worship party all by his lonesome. And sometimes we need to have a praise and worship just you and God. No one around you. You can jump. You can scream. We're all awkward. You can be as awkward as you want to be. Amen. Jump up and down. But what we have to do is we have to encourage ourselves and we have to stir up that gift of God that's in us. Amen. And all the prophecies, all the things that have been spoken over us, how many of those things have we just let go because we let time dictate whether it was going to happen or not? I just want to encourage you tonight. I don't know who that's for. Don't let go. Amen. It's not over yet. And I've said this a couple of weeks ago when I was preaching and teaching. To me, it takes more faith to believe that God is not done with me yet. It takes a lot of faith to really believe that God's not done yet with me. Because we go through so many periods of dryness sometimes. We seem to be going through so many. But you know, that's just this thing called life and time. And like what we talked about last week, it's what I do in the midst of my life and time that's going to dictate the success that I'm going to have in my life for my faith project. Time itself doesn't do anything. It's just a measurement. Amen. But it's what am I doing? What am I doing on those days when it doesn't seem like anything's happening? I'm thanking God that it is. See, there's more going on that you can't see than there is that you can see. There's more things happening in your life right now that you can't see than there is that you can see. Now, here's, there's more money in your life right now that you can't see than that you can see. Amen? Amen. It's all around us. The blessing of the Lord, it makes one rich, and he adds no sorrow to it. And man, I've been saying that scripture for going on three years. Daily, I say that scripture over and over and over. That's the scripture that I'm standing on for my kids for their college education. Lord, the blessing of the Lord, it makes one rich. And I'll get excited because all of a sudden now I'm taking that word and I'm stirring myself up on the promises and on the gifts of God. Amen. And guess what? When I stir myself up, I'm starting to produce a spiritual energy that will energize this mortal body. I cannot be depressed and be in faith at the same time. I can get tempted with depression in the midst of it, but I can't literally walk and live in depression and walk and live in the blessing simultaneously. They don't coexist with one another. Amen. So I have to choose, say choose. I have to choose to think that I'm blessed. I have to choose to believe that I'm blessed. I have to choose to believe that I'm healthy. I have to choose to believe that God's not done with me yet. Amen. Anybody have finished work? Huh? Anybody? God came down, put that stamp on you, said, all right, that's a good one. Let's get him out the road. No, no, we are all works under progress. We all have, we're all construction sites. We all have things that God is working on and moving and dealing with us with. Amen. But this is the atmosphere that he put us in in order for most of our healing to come from. 
Amen? Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach. The first thing that Jesus was ever anointed to do was to preach. Wasn't to lay hands, wasn't to raise the dead, wasn't to heal the sick. He knew that he had to come preach because if he just came and healed everybody, made everybody rich and fixed everything, they wouldn't have anything to hold on to it with. Because it's only by faith can we hold on to the promises that God's given us. That's why God's not Santa Claus. God doesn't come and just fix everybody's problem, one, two, three. It doesn't take any faith to do that. Matter of fact, we're operating on his faith. That's why with my mom doing these healing classes, if you have a serious health issue in your body, I would love to just say, yes, there's an anointing here. The gifts of healing are in place. Benny Hinn is here, brother. My dear brother. And I would love for him just to lay hands on you and boom. Michelle and I have a friend who was born blind and got healed in a Catherine Kuhlman meeting from blindness. Amen? As a child. But the problem is, is that when we keep going just to have hands laid on us, if we don't build up our faith in that area, when the devil comes to steal, to kill, and destroy, I don't have anything to stand on to hold on to my healing. Amen? That's like a lot of believers saying, you know, the, the wealth of the rich is stored up for the, for the righteous, you know? Well, yes, the Bible does say that, but if I'm not being faithful with what I have, and I'm just waiting for this financial inversion to take place where all of a sudden Bill Gates is going to walk over and give you this money, well, if you have not developed any experience in that, if you don't have a plan, if we're not understand what the purpose of money is and what it's not, or if we're driven by a mammon spirit, that money is going to destroy us. If you're ever bored, go look up and find out what happened to all the lottery winners. It was the curse. It was not the blessing. It was a curse. Why is it? Because when you give people an, a large a sum of money and they do not have a plan in place, it overwhelms them mentally and they don't know what to do. It's paralyzing. You can only go to Walmart so many times. Amen? You can only fly around the world so many times, but you got to have a plan. That's why it's so important for us to build our faith in all these different areas, because as we gain revelation, say revelation, amen, where we have revelation, that means I've taken ownership of whatever I've just read or whatever's just been preached, and now I have the capacity to hold on to whatever it is that God wants to give me. Amen? Listen to me. Don't neglect the process. The process, it's really all about the process. It's not about what we're believing for. It's what did we learn on this journey from, Lord, I stand in faith, believing I receive, to manifestation. Because whatever it is that's going to manifest, it's not going to last forever. I can believe God for a, the most brand new, wonderful car in the world right now. Father, I just thank you that I have it. But that car is not eternal. What part of the process is eternal? The faith. My faith in God grew so that now I'm able to believe him for even more because faith is progressive. Amen? Amen? So we're going to talk a little bit tonight about the law of faith. Say the law of faith. Law of faith. Amen. It is warm in here, isn't it?
I'm fighting too many things already. I'll, it gets a little warm. You get comfortable in here. You get away from your phone, and all of a sudden people start going, oh, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Father, thank you for the word tonight. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing uh, in our hearts and our lives. Thank you, Lord, for just how good you are to us. We plead the blood of Jesus over us. Thank you, Lord. Anybody that's got sickness, anybody that's dealing with something right now, just lift your hand up. Father, in the name of Jesus, I take authority over sickness, illness, and disease. I curse you at your root. I command it to loose your bodies and let them go. And I thank you right now, Lord, as we hear the preaching and teaching of the word that their faith is built. Amen. And this thing will not return, and there will be restoration for everything that's taking place in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Romans 3.27. Romans 3.27. Out of the Amplified it says, Then what becomes of our pride and our boasting? It is excluded, banished, and ruled out entirely. On what principle? On the principle of doing good deeds. But on, no, but on the principle of faith. Out of verse 27, out of the uh, King James says, Where is boasting then? It is excluded. By what? By law of works. Nay, but by the law of faith. Say the law of faith. So I didn't make that term up, right? Everybody saw it in your Bible? There is a law of faith. Say this. Spiritual law supersedes... Natural law. law. The spirit of faith supersedes natural law. That means whatever it is that you're believing for, if you've got a word from God on it, irregardless of time, irregardless of education, irregardless of location, irregardless of age, color, gender, race, hair color, or weight, The spirit of faith, the law of faith, will supersede any natural law that would try and hinder you from having what you're going to have. That means it can't hold it back. Amen? It cannot. Spiritual law always supersedes natural law. Hebrews 11.3. It says, by faith... We understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. So what came first? The chicken or the egg? The chicken. Right? Yeah. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) So everything that God said, everything that we see, God said it first. Do you understand that? Everything that we see, the earth, the oceans, the lights, the stars, the sun, the moon, the galaxies, all of these things were in the spirit first. Oh, get a picture of this. All those things were in the spirit first. Then God said, let there be light. And light was. So the spirit law produced the natural laws. So they came first. Whatever came first has preeminence. 
So the spirit and the law of faith came first. Enoch, well, let's say that Enoch by faith broke the law of gravity. Yes or no? Enoch was just walking, talking with God, having a good time. And God was like, hey, we're closer to my house than to yours. Why don't you just come on home with me? And Enoch was translated. Well, in order for Enoch to be translated, what laws, what natural laws had to be broken? Gravity. That means the spirit of life, the spirit of faith that was in him was greater than the very force in this earth that holds this whole thing in place. Do you know that we're traveling at over a thousand miles an hour right this second? Or, yeah, it's a thousand miles on the outside, I think 975 around the equator. The earth is traveling right now. You know that right now you are traveling at almost a thousand miles an hour. But what holds us in place? It's gravity. Other, we'd always be, could you imagine if that, remember the old records and stuff when they, you get a warped record and that thing would start going? We are traveling at a thousand miles per hour right now. But the law of gravity is what holds us all in place. But faith came along and said, I will supersede this law for you, Enoch, and I will make you gravity proof. And you will travel through gravity either by your own happy little self or I'll send one angel and hook you up with a backpack and I'll bring you to where I am. But faith, this law, the spirit of faith, the, 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 the law of faith superseded the law of gravity. Amen? Sarah, by faith, broke the law of time. Sarah had a child when she was how old? 90 years old. Now, let me ask you this. Had Sarah had a bunch of kids up to that point? So if you're telling me that Sarah struggled to have children when she was at her best. Now, all of a sudden, God, she gets a word from God. See, we need a word from God. You get a word from God, you can do anything. You get a word from God. And guess what? The whole Bible is filled with words of God. You don't have to have someone lay hands on you or prophesy over you to have a word from God. All the promises of God are yes and amen. Yeah. Amen. All we have to do is find the promise. It does say in Hebrews, they did receive all their promises by faith. Yeah. You have to receive all the promises of God by faith. So Sarah, who was told she could not have children, did not have children. All of a sudden, when she was 90 to 100 years old, she had a child. Amen. So she broke the natural law. Her faith was greater than time itself. Amen? So time is not a factor when it comes to what we're believing for. Moses, by faith, broke the law of physics. How do you hold water back? How do you have water? And everybody's tried to explain it like a wind came through and it, you know, it pushed it back. And I like the ones where they're going through and you can see whales and fish and all that, you know. It's a freshwater body of water, though, right? So I think maybe the whales were a little much. But, but, you know, there they are walking through. The law of spirit of life, the law of faith, superseded earthly physics. Look how powerful that law of faith is. See how that faith supersedes the natural law? When we get into faith and we're believing God, whatever it is that you're believing for, it will supersede natural law. It will speed up time just like that. When Jesus turned water into wine, he got the cup 
filled it up, gave it to the servant. And between the time the servant got from, to, from Jesus to the governor, it had been fermented in an aged where it was the best wine this man had ever tasted. Time didn't matter. Jesus got involved, boom, the law of spirit, the, the faith, the spirit of faith inside Jesus superseded even the formation, the formation, fermentation, thank you very much, the fermentation of that process to turn water into wine, amen? So time doesn't have anything to do with what you're believing for. Physics doesn't have any time with what you're believing for, amen? Age doesn't have any determination on what you're believing for. Just believe. There is a law of faith that supersedes whatever it is natural laws are trying to hold you back. I'm too old. I'm too young. I'm still single. I'm this. I'm that. Boom. Suddenly. Say suddenly. 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 Amen. Suddenly. That spirit of faith, that law of faith supersedes natural time and natural law. By faith, Daniel broke the law of nature. Amen? I don't know any man that's ever walked down into a lion's den. Amen? And walked out to tell about it. And the next bunch that they threw in after him got eaten before they could even make it about halfway down. God stopped the danger of the natural law in order to protect his child. God, you get a picture of that? Your faith... Daniel's faith superseded the hunger of those lions by faith, by faith. Now, here's a little offset one, but it was just interesting to me. Um, You know, it talks about in Hebrews chapter 11, how by faith Noah was divinely warned and he built an ark for the saving of his family. Amen. And it just struck me today as I was studying that, I'm like, You know, sometimes we as faith people, we would have said, well, Lord, if there's a storm coming, let let me just speak to that storm. Aren't you glad Noah didn't just decide, well, you know what, bless God, I'm full of faith. I don't have to build this ark. I'll just speak to that storm and that storm will stop. Each and every time that we get a faith project, we need to ask God what is his way for it to be done. Because sometimes there is faith to point to that storm and say, peace be still. And there's other times where faith tells you to build an ark. And sometimes we don't build the ark. We just go into it and think it's the same way every time. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And that's why it's so important for us to listen to how God wants us to handle that. Amen. Was, Was Noah not in faith? Because he built an ark? Were you scared of the, the elements, Noah? Isn't your God big enough to stop the storm? Well, he kind of sent it. Think about that. Amen? Sometimes there's faith to go through the storm. Amen? And sometimes there's faith to stop the storm. It's both the same faith. It's a matter of me being obedient and listening to what God's telling me to do in this situation. When the armies of Israel would go and they were going to to take care of a different city, they didn't always march around the city seven times. There was a different strategy and a different plan for each city. And each time it required Joshua and or the armies of Israel to listen and not do it their way. Because when they did it their way, a group of 30 guys whooped the whole army. 
But when they did it God's way, they got God's results and they eradicated the people. Does that make sense? So in our faith projects, amen, we go into it and it's good. We want to be, I want to be straight, Lord. I want to be, I want to do this right down the line, but I need a word from you. How is, how do you want me to handle it this time? Amen. Does that make sense? Sometimes it has you build an ark. It's no less faith. There was no less faith in building that ark as there is in standing up and speaking to the storm. It's the same faith, but it's just applying it the way that God wanted it applied. Aren't you glad Noah listened? None of us would be here. I mean, you talk about faith. God put all of his eggs in one basket called the ark. Everything. One thing. So I'm not a pilot, but I'm going to try and explain it the way that it's been explained to me. The law of lift versus the law of gravity. Remember we talked about before, there is a law of gravity. Amen. That gravity, it affects each and every one of us. The most used cliche in Christendom today is, if I go outside and I jump off the roof, gravity's going to get involved and I'm going to hit the ground. Amen. Doesn't matter what my intentions are, doesn't matter what my age is, doesn't matter my hair color, my size, my my political affiliation, doesn't matter. Anybody that goes outside, gets on top of that roof, and jumps off, what law comes into play? Gravity. Gravity takes hold and gravity takes over. And that law ruled the earth for thousands and thousands and thousands of years until someone got a hold of the law of lift. And someone realized that if I take a a wing, a fixed wing, and I produce enough speed where that wind comes over those wings, I'll produce a low depression underneath that wing at the right speed, and it will lift that airplane. Now, how long has the law of gravity and the law of lift been in place? Forever. Forever since day one, but we only knew how to exercise the law of gravity. See, the law of lift came along when someone got a revelation. When you get a revelation, and now all of a sudden the law of lift supersedes the law of gravity. And we have planes, shuttles, rockets, everything all over this world today Because somebody figured out that if I get enough wind going over this plane, over this wing, it produces a depression or a low underneath that wing, and it will cause it to lift. That is the law of faith. Gravity is our earthly law, but faith comes in like lift when we get a revelation, and it raises us up, and it supersedes the law of gravity. Now... If I stop or slow down my airspeed, guess what law starts to take back over? Law of gravity kicks right back in. It's still there. Amen. So that's why I have to be committed. When you go and you have an airplane and you're getting ready to take off and you power it up and you start heading down that runway, there are certain barriers and lines that once you hit an airspeed, there is no turning back. You are committed to what you're about to do. There's no bailout. There's no shutdown. That's how faith is. We get up to a speed and we cross, we draw a line in the sand and we say, by faith, I will not 
let XYZ ever happen to me again. I will not ever walk in lack again. I will not ever walk in sickness again. I will make some quality decisions from which there is no return. I will live for God all the days of my life. Amen? And when we make those decisions, we cross that line and that law of lift, the law of faith that takes off. Amen? And you go higher, and the higher you go, the smoother that it is. Amen? Any pilots? All right, so nobody can dissuade anything I just said. Uh, So the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus is the law of faith. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus is the law of faith. It supersedes the law of sin and death. I'll say that again. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus is the law of faith. It supersedes the law of sin and death. Romans 8.2. This is so good. Out of the Amplified it says, For the law of the spirit of life which is in Christ Jesus, the law of our new being has freed me from the law of sin and of death. So listen to me. So Adam and Eve, under the best of circumstances, would you all imagine that Adam and Eve had the best of circumstances? I mean, there was enough food, not just for them, but for millions. I mean, there was beauty, there was gold, there was, there was everything they would ever want or need. The Bible says in Genesis that the first tree that God made, he made for them to look at so that it would be pleasant. Can you imagine what the Garden of Eden looked like? It was beautiful. The the oxygen was different. The atmosphere was different. Our bodies were different. Amen? They were breathing in. They were, how about this? You're walking and talking with God in the cool of the day. Can you imagine? I mean, God himself is coming down and spending time with you and talking with you. It's under the best of circumstances. And all of a sudden, through deceit, they commit high treason. And they give everything over to Satan through the eating of whatever that fruit was. And the law of spirit of life died and the law of sin and death took over. Death affected everybody from Adam and Eve all the way on. See, you and I are living under, we're born into a curse of a sin that we didn't commit. Did we? Now, well, what would have happened if they hadn't eaten the apple? The next group would have. You know what I mean? That's, that's been debated and debated and debated. Well, what if, what if they wouldn't have done it? There were a few of, we know us, like, hey, what's that red shiny thing that no one's supposed to have? Oh, I'll have one. Law of sin and death kicked in. Then Jesus comes along, and through his blood, through his burial, through his resurrection, now the spirit of life through him supersedes the law of sin and death. And this is why it's so much better. What Jesus did at the cross affected sin, past, present, and future. Death just went from start as far as it could to the forward and stopped. But through the blood of Jesus and through the resurrection and through what he did for us on the cross, he was able to touch sin that had happened in the past, all the sin that was happening in the present, and all the sin that would ever happen. Anything that you've done... His blood has already covered. There is no new sin 
under the sun. Now, what's my part? I have to access that blood through repentance and through forgiveness. Just because it's there, I have to access it. It's like grace and time we talked about last week. Amen? Just because he did it, unless I access it. So how do I access it? What's the law that I have to kick in? The law of faith. So now I be able, I'm able to go in through the law of faith and access everything that Jesus, think about that. You go in by faith and you access something that was done for you over 2,000 years ago. You ever thought about that? You are tapping into something that was done thousands and thousands of years ago by faith. How do we do that? By faith. I have to believe. Well, pastor, but I don't feel forgiven. Well, that's the problem. You're using the wrong thing to try and figure out whether you're saved or not saved or forgiven or not forgiven. It's never going to be by your feelings. Your feelings will lie to you. Your emotions will lie to you. Amen. I just came from another eighth grade basketball game tonight. Your emotions will lie to you. Amen. Your emotions will try and get the best of you. That's why we can't allow them to rule us. Anybody like Dr. Caroline Leaf? Ever listening to her on the Believer's Voice of Victory? Here's some homework. If you got time, Believer's Voice of Victory, that's Kenneth Copeland's daily broadcast, Dr. Caroline Leaf, and she does all of the teaching on the mind and the brain and renewing of the mind, but she does it because she's an actual scientist. And she gets into quantum physics and she gets into just the nuances of everything that's taking place in our mind and our brain and our spirits and our souls and how all of us, amen, can be healed and delivered and set free from any and everything that's ever happened to us, any traumatic experience. So I just encourage you, if you've got time, you can download the whole week. They have study notes. I had Chesley download those for me also. And you can get the notes and stuff. It is so good on how to help people. It answers the question, why do good people get born again and saved, but they never live like they're born again or saved? They live just like the world. Well, it's simple. You got saved, but you never changed the way that you thought. You continued. You said you were an Israelite, but you kept thinking like an Egyptian. And you get frustrated in this life today because, well, I'm a Christian, but yet you're still trying to live in this Babylonian system and they're not made to be compatible with one another. Amen. So I just do encourage you to download and listen to those programs. They are outstanding. Amen. So the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus was able to deal with sin past, present and future. You got time for a bit more? We good? We good? Okay. Would you say no? I mean, really? A couple of you were like, yeah, Jack, I really need you to, I need to go. I need to go. So, write this down. The law of faith is activated or released by words, positive or negative. That's a Kenneth Copeland quote, not a Jack C. Pigeon quote. The law of faith is activated or released by words, positive or negative. We live in a voice-controlled, what's the word? Vo voice-controlled environment. Yep. Kind of like Siri, ding. I have Alexa in my office now. Every morning when I go in, good morning, Alexa. Good morning, Jack. Today in 1852. 
It's weird. Yeah, it's odd. <laughs> but I do it every morning. Proverbs 18.21. And by the way, for those of you that have friends that just think this whole name it and claim it and faith and all that is just a bunch of fly-by-night, it's not scriptural. I am giving you all of the scriptures that is the foundation for all faith teaching. So these are the scriptures that you want to have at your availability when people ask you, well, it doesn't matter what you say. It doesn't matter what words come out of you. What difference do words make? I'm getting ready to give you the scriptures that prove exactly what these are. Proverbs 18.21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Read that again, Proverbs 18.21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Second Corinthians, well, give me some New Testament on, my, on confession. I'm so glad you asked. Second Corinthians 4.13. We have the same spirit of faith. As it is written, I believed, and therefore I have spoken. So we also believe and therefore speak. That is a hallmark, foundational, that is the scripture of scriptures when it comes to faith and confession and believing. 2 Corinthians 4.13, we have the same spirit of faith. As it is written, I believed and therefore I have spoken, so we also believe and therefore speak. And then Mark 11, 22 and 23 uh, through 25, Brother Hagen taught this for years and years and years and years and years. Have faith in God, or the literal translation is, have the God kind of faith. For verily I say unto you that whomsoever shall say unto this mountain. What to the mountain? Say. say. Not think. Amen. Not Whatever I say unto this mountain. Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart. But believe those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatever he says. Now, do you know who taught that? Do you know that who, what, who Mark is quoting? Those letters are in red. This is Jesus teaching his disciples of how to live and to operate the way that he lived and the way that he operated. It was through believing and saying. Not through seeing, then believing. Because that's what we want to do first, right? I want to see it first, then I'll believe. Show me something, then I'll believe. Jesus, come down off that cross and do a little something, something for me, and then I'll believe. It's too late. Amen? For us as a believer, it's believing, and it's confessing, and then it's seeing. Amen? So Mark 11, 23, 24, 25, the most foundational scriptures when it comes to saying and believing what you have. Amen? They are the most, it's the central scriptures for that teaching. We are to boldly speak to the mountain and expect it to be thrown into the sea. God wants you to boldly speak to whatever mountain is in your life right now. Speak to it boldly and expect. Say expect. Expect it to be thrown into the sea. Don't wonder. Don't maybe it will, maybe it won't. Oh, I hope so. That's the worst thing. 
When you try and talk to somebody about faith, and you're like, man, God's got this, and he's going to do this in your life, and he's going to heal you and set you free. Well, I sure hope so. Oops. We got to start over. We got to find some place where we can get into agreement. Amen. Because that's not enough faith to produce what you're believing for. Well, I just hope so. I wish he would. I hope he would. No, 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 no. We have to know. Amen. We have to know that we know that we know that we know. It's got to be more real to you in the unseen world than it is in the seen world. You have to take ownership by faith first without ever seeing whatever it is that you're believing for. It has to be so real to you that when it shows up, you're not surprised. You're like, yeah, where you been? I had you 16 months ago. You're just now, you know, we've been walking towards each other and now you just walked in the door. But now there's the manifestation. I didn't own it when I didn't when I got it, when I saw it, it's not the first time that I owned it. I owned it 16 months ago when I stepped out in faith and believed God for it. It was more real to me in the unseen than it was in the scene because the law of faith supersedes the law of nature. And first, just like God, who spoke creation into existence and then he saw it, we speak our creation into existence before we see it. You've got to speak it into existence. But the only way that we can do that is to feed on the word of God. To feed. We have to feed our faith and starve our doubt. Amen. I can't spend hours and hours and hours in front of non-biblical things and expect biblical results. Amen. I have to feed my spirit and feed my spirit and feed my spirit and listen to the word and listen to the word and write scriptures down and confess scriptures. And don't ever just take for granted that I know a scripture. It's good to go back and look at them, read them, look at them, see them, meditate in the word day and night, meditate. This is not for the faint of heart. The walk of faith is not for the faint of heart. This takes diligence. This takes time. This takes discipline. There's nothing fly by night about the word of faith. It's you to walk the line to do this, to live totally and openly in front of God. Come on. That's just not something you can just flippantly do. We have to dedicate ourselves to this life in order to see the results of what we want to see. I can't just use faith on one thing and then, oh, you know, I'll do it myself on the other. No, no, it's a complete walk of faith. It's not a buffet where I pick and choose what I'm going to eat and what I'm not going to eat. It's all faith. I got to believe God for my health and my prosperity and my protection. I got to believe God for all of it, for my marriage. Any place where I kick in, that's what got Adam and Eve in trouble is they started eating fruit from another tree and getting knowledge from another source. And you're you're double-minded, you're split. I'm believing that the world's going to pay my bills, but I'm believing that God is my source. See what I'm saying? We have to live, we have to have corresponding actions to what we believe. If I confess that I am something and believing for something, there should be corresponding actions to what I'm believing for. Amen? That's how we check ourselves. Is there corresponding actions to what I'm believing for? This is so good, isn't it? Ah, we only boldly speak what we truly believe. We only will boldly speak what we truly believe. That's really what it comes down to. And what you expect is what you are saying. 
That's why confession is so important to the law of faith. That's why it's so important for us to only speak the things that we want in our lives and don't speak the things that you don't want. I listened to Dr. Caroline Leaf today just for a few minutes. It's so, it's just deep stuff. But she said a lot of people, one of their biggest fears is getting Alzheimer's disease, Alzheimer's. It was in my family and all those types of things. And she had a through a show of hands, had people raise their hands. How many of you worried about it? And a few people did. And so she, uh, she said, just by worrying about getting Alzheimer's, you increase your percentages of getting it by 67%. Just by worrying about it. Just by saying, I'm going to have it. My parents had it. My dad had it. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to get it, and we worry about it. Your mind, I'm telling you, folks, we are massive supercomputers. We are creative beings just like God. God created us to do what he did, to believe and to speak and to see. He created us to do that. That's what Adam was created to do. And we've been trying to get ourselves back in that garden for about 2,000 years now. Amen? So I'm going to stop there. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Lord. So I want to encourage you in your faith. Amen. I tore you up on Sunday. I want to encourage you today. Bless God. Don't let go. Amen. And also take advantage of the time. Amen. Take advantage of the time that you have. Take advantage to do what you need to do while it's called today. Amen. Take care of your time. Let's all stand up. Hallelujah. Well, Father, we thank you for the word. We thank you for tonight. We plead the blood of Jesus over us. We thank you, Lord, that faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. Lord, your word says without faith, it's impossible to please you. For those who come to you must believe that you are and that you're a rewarder of him who diligently seeks him. Father, you said, the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. The just shall live by his faith. Amen. So, Father, we thank you for the word tonight, that it's in our hearts. We bless you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.